0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We've been talking about vision around here just for the last several months, couple months rather, we've been talking about vision as a church. Hope it's been a blessing to you. You know, without vision, the Bible says the people perish, they run astray, and so vision is important in our life personally, vision is important for us as a church because we need to know what our vision is as a congregation, but not just the, the, the details or the, the words of what it is, but actually what it means for us and how it applies to our everyday life. And so as a church, the Lord has a calling for us. He has a plan for Impact Family Church. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad this isn't just a a, a church that we just decided to start? The Lord ordained this. And then when the Lord ordains something, he gives purpose behind it, a goal, a mission, a job to accomplish. And then he supplies his grace and his ability to do that very thing. Woo, praise God! He didn't just say do this, but you're on your own. He said do this, and then I'm giving you my very best. I'm giving you my own Spirit Woo, to reside with you, to help you to accomplish this vision. Well, we need to know what that is if we're going to. How many know the Holy Spirit isn't going to help us accomplish anything other than what He was sent to accomplish, right? He's not going to help us do something else that's outside of God's plan. He doesn't just help our plans. He helps our plans as long as they line up with his plans. Right. And you say, well, that's kind of, that, 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 that's not right. That's kind of selfish of him. No, he knows that his plan is the best plan. Right. And when we do his plan, everything else falls into place. Well, the same thing is true for us as a congregation. As we're pursuing the plan of God for our body. Thank God for what other people are doing. Yeah. I'm grateful for the churches down the street that the Lord has ordained. Thank God for those churches. Thank God for what they're doing. You know, it's not our job to judge other churches and critics. They'll have to stand before the Lord on that themselves. But I thank God for what they're doing. And we assume they're doing the best. They're doing what God's called them to. But what God has called us to do, that's precious in the Lord's sight. You know, I think of the book of Revelation, you know, when Jesus, when John had this vision of Jesus and he said, record these things. Jesus was walking around in the midst of the candlesticks. I mean, the candlesticks. He was personally walking around. That actually means he was personally acquainted. He was walking around and examining every detail of these local bodies, these local churches. Yeah. And so as a church, the Lord Jesus has been for 43 years and he still is today. His attention is on us. This morning, his attention is on us. He he sees how we're approaching these things. He sees how we're conducting ourselves. He sees the 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 finite details. Every little thing, every little aspect. He sees every part of what we're doing. He's watching. Jesus is watching. He's watching more than Santa, right? I mean, he, he's, he's, Santa knows when you're sleeping. Jesus knows everything. And so as a church, he's watching what we're doing. He's, 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 he's very interested in that. And so thank God what other people are doing, but thank God for what God is doing here. And so we want to be faithful to run with purpose and not just people who are just running somewhere, but run with a vision, run with a purpose, because otherwise we cast off restraint, we run astray, we run into door frames, we do all of those things. But when we're running with vision, we're blessed, we're happy, we're prosperous, we're fortunate. Praise God. We're fortunate because our lives matter. We're fortunate because our lives matter. matter. There's so many people, when the life is over, what did it amount to? I, I, I always appreciate what uh, Brother Allen said, you know, comparing himself to other, other, when people want to compare you with other ministers or other people. He just said, some people, their, their pile of garbage will just be bigger than mine when it's all said and done. But we're not living for a pile of garbage or, 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 or to, to see what our pile, how big, nobody's going to care. What did you do for the kingdom? Right. And so in running with purpose, we're blessed because of that. Blessed now, blessed later. Praise God. I hope you're not getting tired of this because it's important for us. It's so important to us. Habakkuk said to make it plain so we can run. The person who reads it can run. Amen. Are you running this morning? Not running from it, but running with it. Running toward it. Are you running? Oh, I'm running, Pastor. I'm running. I'm running out the door. No, no. Running towards the vision in every area of your life. It's important. Let's look at Acts 26. We'll we'll read our vision before we move on. Acts 26, 16 through 18. You know these verses. He'll put it up on our screen. Who is that back there? Oh, okay. That's Hannah back there. She will put it up on the screen, not he. Acts 26, 16 through 18. It says, but rise and stand on your feet. I love that. Rise and stand on your feet. You know, you can't pursue this vision if we stay seated. Now sit right now. (laughs) because you're hearing but I'm talking about spiritually yeah. be, be, be awake be 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 on your feet ready to move right but rise and stand on your feet for I have appeared to you for this purpose specific purpose this was the vision that the lord spoke so my dad, back in 1986, eight, 1986, sitting out in Camp Kalakwa in one of the little houses out there, the Lord spoke this scripture to him, just burned it, made it alive to him. And he said he jumped off of his feet. He knew this was, this was the vision, not only for his life, but also for our church. And it hasn't changed. It's still the vision for our church. I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you. Now, that's not the pastoral staff, but that's talking about you. We are the church. Remember, I mean, we talked about that. We together, collectively, we are the... Did you know that you are a minister? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want the title. Well, that, that's not about that. But you're a minister and a witness. You are a proclaimer and a first-eye account, a person. A person who's seen it for themselves. I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister And a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things I will yet reveal to you. I'm grateful there's more to see. We have not arrived. We are not. We are not. We are not building a monument to the past. That, oh, this is what we had. This is what God did. And we're just, we're going to camp out around this. No, thank God for what he's done. And we're a minister. We're still a minister and a witness of those things. But it's not just of what he has done, said, or revealed. It's the things that he's said, done, and revealed. Past tense, because they're alive to us. But also future tense, there's more coming. Hallelujah. As we we'll walk in those things, there are more things coming. More revelation, more truth that we get to witness and minister. There is, you know, there's no greater honor in this life than to do that right there. To be a minister and a witness for Christ. In this generation, in this day, to be that person, to be his representative, his mouthpiece, his hands, his feet, to represent him, there's no greater honor. We've been called to do it. He said, the things you've seen, the things I'll yet reveal to you, verse 17, says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Thank God, no matter what's going on, he, he's going to see us through, right? Yeah. We're going to make it. I better stop singing. All right, so we Our trust is on you. Yeah, there we go. Veronica, what happened? We need to make Veronica my designated singer this morning. Much better job than me. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Now, that tells me that because of what we're doing, if we're obeying and if we're we're in a position of standing, rising up and standing, a place of action that we are going to turn men's eyes from darkness to light because he's called us for that purpose. That means his grace is upon us as a congregation to turn men's eyes from darkness to light. That means every time we come together, we should be expecting to see more people that we've not seen before that are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Are you believing God with me? That's our vision, to turn men's eyes from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. That is, our, that is God's vision for us. That is God's plan for us. Yeah. Yeah. If you are participating with the vision, this will follow you. I said this will follow you. What do I mean by that? People you come, in, come into contact with on a daily basis... You will have people that are turning from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. That will follow you. How many know? We are the church when we're here, but we're equally as much impact family church when we're out there. This is just where we get together. This is where the training comes in. This is where we, we get together and we encourage one another. We strengthen one another. We get the instruction that we need. It's the huddle. This is our huddle time. We come together and the plays get read and we get instructions from the coach, you know, and, and, and and we've got the, we've got the speaker of the Holy Spirit in in the, in the headset of the quarterback, you know, and hey, do this and watch out for this. And so the play gets revealed, the plan gets revealed. And then, and then what do you happen? You leave the huddle and you go out in the field and you execute it. If you just played in the huddle, If you never left with a huddle, it wouldn't be much of a game. In fact, the the referee, the judge of the game, would start throwing penalties. The ref would start throwing the flag. It's called a what? A delay a game. It's you are not doing what you're supposed to. You're supposed to huddle up, but then you're supposed to take that huddle and then move it into action, do something with it, and if you don't, suddenly, whoop throwing it throwing the flag i mean what if an entire game was nothing but a delay of game you ever seen those before you watch in a game and they come out of a kickoff or something and you you should you should know what you're doing after a kickoff you know and and the guys come out and they get called for delay i've seen it happen i can think of it i know i've seen it where they've gotten two consecutive delays of games before they ever snap the ball now what if they got a third delay of game they still have yet to snap the ball and then they got a fifth delay of game and a sixth delay of game. Would you keep watching that game? None of us would watch that game. You would become soccer fans at that point, right? I mean, you would actually turn on, you know, even a team as bad as Arsenal. You would, you would watch that. Because, you know, like th- these guys, that football, real football, American football, that team doesn't know what they're doing. Right, because it's just delay a game after delay a game after delay a game after delay of game. Why they're not playing? They're not participating. They're on the field. They're in the right environment and they're equipped to do it. They got all the gear on, but they're refusing to take that, take the snap, to snap, to hike the ball, to to move into the. Well, what what if somebody's going to hit me when I hike the ball? They're going to hit you. It's called football. They're going to hit you. They're going to bump into you. They're, they might even say nasty things to you. You know, football players don't necessarily compliment each other. Like, hey, brother, so good to be against you today. You're my favorite person in the world. Now they're like, I'm going to do this to you, and I'm going to do that to you. And, and is that, well, that, a good football player doesn't run from that. They just look at him and say, bring it on. Bring it on. My training's better than your training. Bring it on, right? I know I'm spending way too much time here, but we need to see this. This is our vision. This is what God has called us to. To make us a minister and a witness. Both the things we've seen, the things we'll yet reveal, he's going to deliver us. Hannah, putting the 18 up. Says that he will, to open their eyes. Whose eyes? Those that whom he's sending us to. Even the ones he's delivering us from. Look around, well, you know, this world, all the stuff that's going on, it's just too much. It's just too much. You know, we can, we, can, we can fall for the trap of being so personally disgusted with the things that we see that we forget the fact that the people we're disgusted with are the very people we've been sent to reach. Never think in your holiness, in your goodness, never lose track of the fact that if not but for the grace of God. I don't know about you, but I think about this sometimes. I look around and I see stuff and I think, if but for the grace of God. I could have been born into a family that that didn't know God. I could have been born into a family that was steeped in maybe some other false religion. Any other religion other than the the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not true. It leads straight to hell. I could have been born into a family that, that, that believed these things and were... Just actively pursuing these things and just being fed untruth and lies my whole life. Isn't that a horrible thing? Or, or maybe in the day we live where that, that says it's, we don't believe in religion. How many know that's also religion? That's a belief. To say that you don't believe is a belief. You, can't, you look around you have. you have to admit and acknowledge. A smart person will know somebody did this. That there's something out there beyond ourselves, right? But a person says, I don't believe that. Well, that that's just, that's that's their own religion, but it's, it's falsehood. And then you get opened up to all sorts of things and lies and, and, and deceptions and things that the enemy brings to control people. But for the grace of God, that could have been you. But for the grace of God, that could have been any one of us. But no, those are the people we've been sent to reach. We'll get to more of that later, but... We've been sent to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. That means we need to know the power of God ourselves. We need to be firsthand acquainted with the power of God, right? Why? That they may receive forgiveness of sins and, 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 and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. What does that mean? I understand forgiveness of sins, but what about the inheritance? They need to not just be born again, but then they need to be taken in. And, and, and discipled and trained and raised up and, and taught. When we had our kids, we didn't just bring them home so all right, well, you guys are on your own. No, there, a lot of work went into it after that, right? There was a lot of training and a lot of effort and a lot of things we didn't want to deal with, a lot of stinky diapers. But you know what? You clean them off and then you send them on. And, and what, we're called to do the same thing. And they'll begin to learn who they are in Christ and what belongs to them. they start learning to change their own clothes and, and feed themselves and, and start eating more solid food. That's part of our calling as well is to reach them and then to bring them in. But, you know, we can't, or, or to, to, to train them up. But, you know, we can't train up those we don't bring in. So we can't train up those we don't bring in. Well, the Lord wants it to happen. He'll bring them in. No, we've been called. Yeah. Our vision is to open men's eyes from darkness light, to turn them from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's, that's also our vision. Now the Lord can deal with somebody. We've had people before that were driving by and the Lord told them you need to stop in there. We've heard testimonies. The Lord, you know, got a hold of them people maybe. I'm thinking of one individual was was on drugs and was driving by and in inside the Lord spoke to him. Didn't hear an audible voice, but he heard God speak to him. You need to pull into that church. God his life turned around. Well, thank God for those things. And even that, you realize that didn't happen just because it just happened. Somebody was praying for him. I said somebody was praying for him somewhere. That's a part of what we're called to do as well. But those things will happen. But your testimony, your your life of faith outside of these doors, your expecting to be used by God, your expecting and believing God with us is key for these things to happen. We are truly in this together. Not just us, we're in this together with him. Jesus himself can't do it without you and me. I said, Jesus can't do it without us. Well, he can do anything. Well, no, we can't. He can't make you pay your tithes, right? He can't make people go to church, right? He can't. There's a lot of stuff he can't make us do. You know, we can't make people think like us. We can't make people believe like us. If anybody had a right to make us to do something, it would be Jesus. He shed his blood for every human being that ever lived to cover and pay the price for all of their sins. If anybody had the right to make us do something, it would be the Lord Jesus. I mean... My kids, I have the right to make them do some things. Why? Because they're eating my food. They're living in my house, right? You're not the boss of me. Well, yes, I am, right? I mean, my kids have, ne- my kids have never said that. How do you know that to be true? Because they're still here, right? They have never said that to us. Now, they probably thought it. Aren't you glad our thoughts don't show up on our forehead? Like, oh, Shanda, right? I would, I would, uh, oh. Aren't you glad? who's glad your thoughts aren't showing up this morning? Everybody's like, people are, I saw Jackie go, oh, oh, cover my forehead. No, I have the right to tell my kids what to do. Why? Because I'm, I'm providing for them. And I have the responsibility to do that. But Jesus has the responsibility of, of shedding his blood. He did that, but he can't change how you live. He can't change what you do. He can't do it. He won't do it. That's our job is to present the truth, but then let people make up their own decision. The thunder just a few seconds later would have been more impactful if it had just happened right after I said it instead of while I was saying that. Let's pray again for good. If people are watching online or listening online, uh, we had a, a good thunderbolt that happened, but the timing was just off. It wasn't on God's end, it was on my end, right? So we'll, we'll, get, uh, we'll get the timing down this morning. Praise the Lord. So, we started talking about uh, last week we started introducing um, some specific details and things as a church that are that are key to us. This is part of our vision things that are strong or or important to us as a church and the title of it is stirred by god 's Word is what I started last week and before the transition happened um, uh, that we had back in April April it was sometime. Um, I had introduced the subject, and we talked, did a couple messages on it, but my plan was to get into some various specific things that, as a church, God has called us to, uh, to champion not everything, but some things that we 're going to highlight and uh, we want to take a few weeks and talk about some of these things. not all of them am I going to spend more than one service on, but this first one god 's word is is a very, very, very everybody say very. Very mucho grande important truth that we have got to be stirred about. We could have come up with all kinds of different titles. It just sounded good. What stirs you? And now we're stirred by God's word. But this word stirred, let me find it here. It means, I got it in my notes somewhere. Talk amongst yourselves. No, don't do that. It says to, to stir. That means to wake from sleep. We have to be Stirred. Where God's Word is concerned, where we're not just, just asleep on His Word, but it's important to us, right? We're stirred, where It means to wake from sleep, to arouse, to activate the mind and understanding. These are things as a congregation that need to be real to us, need to be in front of us, need to be... We need to have our attention on these things. And the number one area where it starts for us, and especially in this series, is... On the subject of God's word, God's word needs to be first place in our life. Last week we asked, we we said, listen, everybody needs to read a chapter a day this week. Who's been reading their chapter this week? Yeah, and we're going to come up with a plan. Actually, Brother Mick Hubert, uh, he texted me afterward, and because he goes to the Moore's Church now down in Sarasota, he sent me a copy of what they do because I had mentioned that uh, the Morris Church do this thing where it's everybody at Faith Life Church reads one chapter a day, and so just a place to get people started. You know, you have to start somewhere start learning to eat for yourself, and start learning to put something in your body. You can't live on three great meals a week here at the church. And by faith in the name of Jesus, you know, you can't live on three wonderful meals. You need to have constant daily intake in your life. So just start, everybody can do a chapter. Now me every day and a half for years now, I read a book of a book of Proverbs every single day, just something that I read read other things, but I read a book of Proverbs every day. There's 31 chapters. That's easy to keep track. If you forget what day it is, Look at the calendar. Oh, today is the, is, the, is the 16th. That's easy for me to read, right? But then have something that you're feeding on on a daily basis. Get in the habit of doing this. It's important for you. So we need to have this in front of us. This is vital for us as a congregation, that the Word of God is important. to so 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. And my introductions are taking way too long, but we've had good stuff that we've said this morning. I hope you're stirred about the vision we have. And, 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 and like I said, I don't want to take forever doing that. We're going to get, get to other things in the coming months and years. We're going to talk about everything in the world, right? We're going to talk about it. But this is important to get off on the right foot. In 2 uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Paul writing to Timothy, I remind you. Who does the stirring up? You do. Who can stir you up? Really, effectively, it's only you. I mean, a great minister can get up and say things that encourage you for a moment, but, but if you don't get, you know, sometimes we're, we come to church, part of this when we gather together is to get some momentum in our life, some, some stirring momentum, but if you don't pick up that spoon for yourself, guess what happens? It settles back down to the bottom. This week, you know, uh, we were at camp, um, uh, Ryan Green and uh, Matt Green were there, and they were cooking for the different pastors who were there. Uh, you know, camp food is wonderful. Um, uh, but, you know, just sometimes you want something maybe a little different. Sorry, guys. Uh, it was amazing what uh, Ryan cooked. But on the last night, uh, one of the girls from CWC, Christian Worship Center, the Hankins Church in uh, Alexandria, she made some gumbo. I keep wanting to say, what's the other one? Jambalaya. It was gumbo. And so she made some gumbo. And, and who's ever had real gumbo? Like, ooh, Let's have a moment of silence for some gumbo, right? So I, I went in and we we were meeting with the teenagers, it was the last night, we all kind of get together, but I wanted to get my gumbo before I went in, you know, and, and I went in and took the lid off the pot off the lid off the pot, and and I'm like, this is the, the weakest looking gumbo I've ever seen. It's just water at the top. But how many of you know there was something else in that pot? And the water is good, but the juice is good. And you can live off the juice, I guess, for a little while, but ain't nothing like dipping down and getting that goody stuff off the bottom, all that chicken and, and that sausage. And, and woo, I get it up and, and, I, and I took my first scoop, put it on top of my rice, and immediately what starts happening? So I stirred it up again. I, I got in there and I dug down deep. I'm getting lots of chicken. You know, I'm, ooh, I, I, I Shandai, right? I got a And I kept piling up. Why? You have to, we can get things going for you. She got things going for us, but if you don't stir it up for yourself, you can't live off of that. You have a little bit of flavor in your life, but not a lot of sustenance, you know? You can have the flavor of a Christian life, but not really a hearty meal and lifestyle, the strength of, a, of the Christian life a big difference. You got to stir it up. He said, I remind you, he said, by way of reminder to stir up the gift of God, it's in you through the laying on of hands. It's there, but you got to stir it up. Yeah. The Amplified said, why, that's why I want, I would remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. It said that, that fire that's in you to stir it up. Yeah, yeah. And so we're talking about God's word. And I know this is a long introduction, but this is so important. I want you to see the heart behind it. There were several years ago, I saw this video, maybe you saw it, of Chinese believers, Christians in China, that were part of the Chinese underground church. You know, they don't have, they don't have buildings like we have. They don't have, they don't have a, a time to come together where we have Brother Steve up there praising God and sweating his knees up, you know, and really encourages me. They don't have that. They're meeting in in caves and in and in all sorts of places that, that when somebody new shows up, it, that's a side thought. They bring new people. And in those situations, those new people might very well be the people sent to turn them in. They believe in spreading this truth, even to the point of it puts them in danger, they're going to do it. Now, they're led by the Spirit. But they run the risk of somebody coming for an ulterior motive to infiltrate so that they can send them to jail. We don't have that happening here. Let's not lose our desire to bring them in, right? right? Just because we're not living with a threat of punishment if if they do. But they were bringing people in and bringing people in. Well, they they didn't have their own Bible. And so someone had smuggled in a box full of Bibles. They were wrapped up. I don't know if you saw the video. They were wrapped up. And they brought the box in. They unsealed it this crate that they had smuggled in. And people, they were getting their Bible for the first time. This was the first Bible they had ever laid hands on. We think, oh, what's the big deal? We can go to our phone, have, you know, a thousand translations. We've got a bunch of them sitting in in our house. You can go to Walmart and buy a Bible, and they're everywhere. They had never even seen one, had one for themselves. And I remember the video. Who saw the video? Anybody saw the video? They got the Bible out, and they didn't even unwrap it. Now, eventually they did, but they just held the Bible, and people wept. Men, women, children, young and old, they held their Bible and they held it close to them and they just wept. And then it showed them, yeah, after a few minutes, you know, they, there was excitement and there were people were weeping. Then a few minutes later, everybody had their Bible now. The people had opened their Bible and they're all sitting, sitting on the floor and they're just reading, just reading, just turning page after page and reading and just so excited to have this. Do you think when you approach God's word, with that kind of heart, that, that appreciation, that that would affect what you get out of it? Do you think that would affect how you receive from His Word? Now, as, as a disclaimer, we're not here to have a relationship with our Bible. I love my Bible and, and you know, and some people believe you can't write in it. My Bible, I write in it all the time. My digital Bible, I've got stuff, all kinds of stuff in it, and notes and highlights. So it's not the book itself. But it's the words that are contained in, within them. One of the things we said last week is the early church, that they valued this so much, it said that they continued steadfastly in the, in the apostles' doctrine, the teaching of God's word. And that continued steadfastly, it carried the idea of they were addicted to it. You think that day when those believers in China, our brothers and sisters, living on the front lines over there, when they, when they opened their Bible and they began to read it, what was it, was it was something they had to have more of it. They had to have more. They, they had it. And just because you have free access to it doesn't mean you shouldn't long to get into what, the word, what God is saying, into the, the truths of God's Word. For a lot of people, the Bible loses its power because their hearts are not connected. Not that the, that, not that the Bible is lacking in power, but their zeal for this ha, has come to an end. This church for all of these years has been a bible church a word church in the early days we were we advertised we're a word church what does it mean we put god's word first who's folks folks have been around for a while from the beginning right it's who we are why because it's our found it's our it is our foundation it's what we build our lives on and it's easy because you've heard it and you've grown into some truth and you've, you've seen some, some things. You've had some things revealed to you that have changed your life. And life overall is pretty good. And I know a lot. I know as much as you, preacher. You probably do. Right? But then you lose that hunger for more. You lose the desire, the, the need, the need for this. It's 11.50. We're going to go here in just a second. Let's read, let's read this one scripture, though, I think. Let's re- read this scripture here. Acts 2, they continue steadfastly. We're not going to read that. But we, uh, we quoted last week that where the word of the king is, there is power. And we also quoted Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is living and powerful. I'm going to read it to you. And sharper than any two edged sword, we're going to read one together in just a minute. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is so amazing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some of us to, to, to allow a hunger for God's Word to grow in your life. Listen, a, a wonderful church can't do anything for you if you don't pursue Him on your own. And it starts with His Word. The Word of God is sharp. It, will, it reveals who God is. His word is his will. You can't know him. You can't experience him. God wants us to experience him. He doesn't want this just to be something we attest to, but something we're living out in our life, right? You can't experience him if you don't know who he is. Now, there's some grace in the beginning, some, some mercy God has, some grace he extends toward us that he will help us like when our kids are little. We will do some things for them just because we're, we're basically doing everything for them. But when they're 16 years old, we expect them to be doing some things for themselves. In fact, when they're one or two, you can start doing some things for yourself. Listen, listen. We expect that. God expects that. Why is he just tired of dealing with us? No, we can't be who we were made to be if he's coddling us all the time and spoon feeding us all the time. We've got to learn to pick it up for ourselves. We've got to learn to put on our own pants. We have to learn to do those things so we can take our place. You ever met somebody, an adult, that was babied his entire life or her entire life? How frustrating is that? Well, sad to say, there's a lot of Adults by age wise that are running around in the kingdom of God that are immature people because they've never made it a point to get into God's word. It's not going to happen any other way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? What they say on Facebook? No, by hearing God's word. I challenge you. This is the Lord speaking. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to us this morning. I challenge you. God is challenging you. Get into the word of God. Give him something to work with. More than just this, what we are doing on a Sunday morning. There was a minister I know that preached the same message for a period of like two or three months. The same exact message over and over and over and over and over again. Same stories, same illustrations. How about you? That doesn't sound too exciting to me. Right? like a football game earlier, ran the same play, same play after the same play. The Lord loves us enough. Holy Spirit cares about us enough and believes in us enough that he'll keep doing the same thing until we get it. He'll keep doing the same. In fact, that minister taught on love every single service, the same message on love, same scriptures, same illustration for months. Why? They needed to get it. Many of us, I know, we, we, we appreciate God's Word. We value it. I'm challenging you to, to step up in your love for God's Word. That means shut things off. Spend a little less time. As the Spirit leads, spend a little less time. Or just make a decision. I'm going to spend a little less time on this, a little less time on that. I'm, I'm going I'm to invest in God's Word a little bit more. Why? Because there's more for me to see. This is my life. It, this is the revealer of who He is. But not only that, it reveals who I am. It reveals him, but it also reveals me. We're gonna put this, this scripture up. You can put this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We're gonna go here in just a second. 2 Timothy 3, 16. You might say, Well, I don't I don't know about all this. It's kind of like when I did the illustration a couple months ago or a month ago about the uh, Oval matine, Right? Did the illustration oval Mateen, and 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 I said, You gotta try this and, and, and until you who, who tried it? People, we, we didn't have enough time during service to give spoons out, but who came to me and got a spoon without double dipping and, you know, and, and tried Oval Mateen? There were some people that went out and bought their own Oval Mateen after that. Oh, that was good. I, I, you know, I'm gonna go buy my own Oval Mateen from Amazon, $20 for a tiny jar, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Why? You don't know what it is until you try it. You can get talked into something, but sustaining, you need to taste it for yourself. You got to see this for yourself. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture, every bit of it, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It pro- means it profits you. It will bless you. It'll speak to you. It'll make your life better. Woo-hoo, yeah. All Scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Amplified said, "Every scripture is God breathed. Every scripture is God breathed. That means his, that when you someone when somebody breathes out something, that's themselves that they're releasing. Every scripture is God breathed, given by His inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for reproof." And correction of sin for correction of error and discipline and obedience. We need all of these things. We need to hear when we, when we mess up, when we're not doing things right. We need to know when our attitude is wrong. We need to know when we're approaching things the wrong way. I, need to, I needed to be taught how to drive a car. Aren't you glad I was taught how to drive a car? And I didn't just get up and say, I'm going to make up my own rules. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it myself. Woo, party. I'm 16, got my license. Let's go. If I did that, some of you are like, that is how you drive. No, it's not. No, it's not. But if I had done that, what would you have done? If you knew that was the way I was going to be driving, what you, would you have done? I stayed in the garage, right? I mean, I wouldn't even be on the driveway. I'd be in the garage, you know. Well, we, we, need, we need instruction on how to live life. Our lives are like a multi-ton vehicle turning down the road and can do a lot of damage, not just to ourselves, but to somebody else. We need to learn how these things work. You get it through God's Word. culture will tell you to live one way. It'll mess you up and mess somebody else up, allowing strife and division and and. And resentment in your life can mess you up, it can mess somebody else up. We need to know how to, all these topics, we need to know how these things work. You're not going to get it anywhere other than God's breathe, his breathe inspired word. It says, for instruction, reproof, correction, encouragement, correction of sin, the correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness, how to live holy and holy living, and conforming to God's will and thought, purpose, and action. That means all parts of it. The why and the what. And then the how we do it. We need his instruction on how all these things work. You're not going to get it anywhere else. How much time are you spending in God's word? Things are speaking to you. Things are trying to give you instruction and direction. The news is trying to direct you. People are trying to direct you. The standards of the day are trying to direct you and give you insight and, and to steer your car. You can't trust that. You need God's word. Verse 17, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. Remember, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The beginning stage of walking in those things God has planned for you. The vision God has for your life. The vision God has for this church starts and continues through the revelation of his word. Can you see this is important? You need this. If I could, we would go home with you and beg you in the mornings or in the afternoons. It didn't have to be morning, didn't have to be afternoon, didn't have to be evening, but at some time, get his word out. Get the Bible out. Don't just read, thank God for good Christian books. Read good Christian books, but it doesn't replace the word of God. Get God's word out because it's living and powerful. Get it out, get into it, read it, study it. Let him speak to you. Only you can do that. I can't do it for you. Only you can do that. We're talking about vision for our church. As a church, if Impact Family Church becomes, is, maintains, whatever word you want to use, but if the word of God becomes the central thing and the binding thing that we have, the, 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 we have a love for God's word, all of the other stuff, all the things contained in it, yeah. which is a lot. There's so many amazing things contained in God's word promises and warnings and instructions and everything you need for life. It's all there. It's all there. Why? Because it's God breathed. The infinite creator spoke this and left it to us. His his infinite understanding and knowledge has been revealed to us, given to us. Thank God we don't have to go to a cave and wait for a box to show up from somebody, a missionary from America to bring his Bibles. We have access to this. This scripture just came up on my heart. To whom much is given, much will be required. This is a part of living our life with purpose. We're believing God for this, aren't we? To whom much is given, much will be required. That means because we've had access to these things and live in a place where we have free access... Literally free access. You Bible is free. Go to a hotel. There's Bibles there. There's also Books of Mormon and I throw those in the trash. I do honestly. I throw that in the trash when I see it. I say well that's terrible Pastor Greg. It's full of deception. And they're probably going to put another one in there after I leave. But nobody's going to read that one. I guarantee you. Right? He said somebody when I worked in Jacksonville. Uh, uh, Jehovah's Witness and she was passing out watchtowers. I would always say, and I'm not interested I'd go pick up the mail. I'm not interested. One day I thought, wait a second, I'm not interested in what it says. I'm interested in making sure nobody else reads it. So I said, Oh, let me have that. In fact, I'll take the whole stack because I know right what to do with them. I, this, this, oh, please. I'll, can I have the whole stack? She was so happy because her daily giving out the watchtower was done when she saw me. So after the months went by every day, she'd look for me to show up and I'd take all those watchtowers. She'd be so happy. She'd get in the car and she'd leave and I'd put them right in the trash. Some people's faces. It's interesting when I when I said about the, the Book of Mormon. Some people were like, "You realize that reveals where we're at, where God's Word is concerned." Well, it's 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 a spiritual writing. It's yeah, spiritual writing straight from the pit of hell, right? Just as much as all the other garbage that's going on out there, right? Well, I just don't think, no, the Word of God is different. I said, the Word of God is different. I said, the Word of God is different. The Watchtower, the Book of Mormon, whatever else is in there, that that's not the Word of God. The Word of God stands in a place of its entire own. Everything else, if it competes with the Word of God, it's trash. I said, if it competes with the Word of God, it's trash. It's trash. We we if we approach things, if we approach that, that way, that's why we don't approach I say I only say it this way, that's how that's how people find themselves in a place where they don't approach all the other things that are being preached. In the schools, on the in our TV programming. I'm taking a little longer than I should, but we're 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 family today. Right? That's why they'll approach that stuff. That's why they're weak on that. That's why they, it doesn't, that, that, you can get to the place where you hear it and it doesn't even affect you. That's just normal life. That's not that bad. People are going to hell over it. It's the very darkness we've been called to reach. It's the very darkness that we've been called to, to fight against. When I say fight against, to stand against, to resist, to push back. It's the very thing that our light of our candle will run off. But when you don't see it right, your candle isn't even lit. That means the darkness is invading where the light should be. That's not, on, that's not on the darkness. That doesn't mean the darkness is great. That means we're weak. It means we're weak. How do you fix it? Get a love for God's word. And when you love God's word, when, it's, when, it, when you allow him to start speaking through you or to you through his word, all competing voices start becoming annoying. They're annoying, right? Right? My wife's voice, I love her voice. If somebody else starts talking a bunch of nonsense, it annoys me because I'm, I'm tuned into her voice. Her voice is, I've, I've developed a, a desire for her voice. I don't want everybody else's voice telling me what to do and speaking into my life. I don't want that stuff. There are certain people, you should have that. The word of God should be that for us. What happens happen until you get into it? But the good news is you can do it. I said so the good news is you can do that. Well, I've been saved for 40 years. it had not happened yet. Well, give God an opportunity. Before you open the Bible, don't just open it and speed read it, but go, sorry, Lord, reveal the Holy Spirit. A good chance, a good opportunity to talk to the Holy Spirit, the teacher and the guy, the one who was told to guide us into all truth, you know, him, the third part of the Godhead that lives in us and, and will always be with us, God, the Holy Spirit. Y'all who I'm talking about? The one who raised Jesus from the dead. That guy. If he was powerful enough to raise Christ from the dead, do you think he's powerful enough to do the other part of his job is to reveal truth? To take of what is Jesus's, which is also the Father's, and then what? Declare it to you. Woo! Oh, Oh boy, right? If as a church this became something that, that we were passionate about, stirred up about, awake about, we wouldn't have service if we come together where, all right, let's just get through this because i got a pot roast in the oven. Not that we're trying to extend things just to extend things, but our heart is right. And when God wants to get something across, we'll stay as long as we need to stay. We'll do what we need to do. Why? Because you're staying as long as you need to stay on Monday. You're doing what you need to do on Tuesday. When you got something else that wants your time, you say, okay, that's really not that important. I can put that off till later. Maybe it's not important at all. I don't need it at all. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to get his word out. Woo. I'm, oh, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. And the Lord's talking to you. The Holy Spirit's talking to you. Change your life. Why don't you stand with me? Now, we are going to get into some, some specifics. I'm not going to do this many weeks on every topic, but, but this is important for us. This is our foundation. I said, this is our foundation our foundation is the word of God I thought our foundation is Christ and yes that he is our firm foundation he is also the word well how do you know that I read it in his word I want Jesus do you why is your Bible collecting dust the rest of the week well, I believe in Jesus I want, I want, I want God's best do you Do you want it enough to to put other things aside? I want God to use me, do you? I want God to reveal us, do you? You know, as pastors, our job is to encourage you, to to teach and to train, to, to give you the equipment, the things that you need, but you do the work. You run, I can't run your race for you. You can't run your race for me. You can't run the race with the person next to you. But we can encourage one another. We can start living it in front of one another. You know, the best motivation to get in shape is you see somebody else getting in shape. Right? Maybe the doctor tells you, you better get in shape. Well, okay, suddenly what you didn't have time for and what was too hard for you in the past, suddenly you find a way to do it. Or somebody else starts looking mighty fine. Like, oh, I got I to get myself together. You know, they're, they're, they're getting themselves together. Well, it's motivation for you. We can encourage one another. That's why the Bible talks about not forsaking the assembling of yourself together. It's not just the preacher trying to harass everybody to be in church. You, you do know that, right? People, I wish you wouldn't say that. I feel pressure to come to church. Listen, we love you. I'm going to love you if you don't come. But you will be better off when you eat And you will be, somebody else will be better off if you show up and you come hungry. If you come already filled up on, you know, Cheetos and whatever else you're looking at throughout the day. You know, the statistics show us, data shows us that the number one day for viewing pornography in the United States is Sunday. The number one day people view pornography in the United States is Sunday, the Lord's Day. Now, an interesting thing about that statistic, that, and, that, that's a, they, and they get people to be honest about their habits, the number one day was Sundays. But you know the saddest thing about it? That was not a statistic amongst general population. That was a statistic amongst people who profess to be Believers. Let that sink in for a second. Amongst people who profess to be believers, the number one day for viewing pornography was Sunday. People who said they go to church on a regular basis, I think that, that this study said they go to church at least once a month. <laughs> it's not too committed, but, but, but I'll, give you a, you know, I'll give you a two out of 10. You, know, you go at least once a month. But amongst people who go at least once a month or more, the number one day in America for viewing pornography is Sunday. Now, that shows you where many in the church are. Now, I would like to think nobody at Impact Family Church is in that place, but I know people well enough. And we're not condemning anybody, but I'm here to tell you there's a better way. And in your heart, a person, if they're dealing with, and really anything, anything, dealing with anything you know it's not right no matter how much you lie to yourself anybody been there before and something you've just lied to yourself about something else, god doesn't care that no he cares remember i said earlier jesus is walking amongst the candlesticks and the church just isn't a building it's a group of people that means he's actively walking around impact family church when in your house and he's walking on impact family church at my house He's, at, he's, he's personally acquainted with these things. The, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the details, he knows it all. He's personally interested. He's in, he's, I think he could, you could say he's fully invested and he's fully interested. You say, well, you know, do you want to get free from that? Wouldn't it be nice to live a life where you're not having to continually repent? And I say he's really not repenting if you're not changing, but just telling God you're sorry and feeling bad all the time. You know, you can live free of that. Make up your mind. Well, no, 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 no. There are spiritual practices at work, oftentimes. There are chemical things in a person's body and brain that get affected by all sorts of different things. You know, the one thing that can overcome every stronghold, every source of control and grip in a person's life, it's great preaching. No, no. Thank God for great preaching. Even what we do here. <laughs> Thank God for those things. But you know, the one thing that can set somebody free, Jesus told us, he said, you will what? Know the truth. What's the truth? It's God's word. You will know the truth. And knowing something isn't just having heard it. It means you, you, it's become a part of you. It become, it's real to you. It's, it's something you, you know it to the point you divert to that or you, you default to that thinking that that way of approach you know that truth. the bible said jesus said not just the bible but jesus himself red letters you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the truth will set you free the truth will set you free yeah, but I've dealt with this for years. The truth will set you free. Yeah, but you don't know what's been done to me. The truth will set you free. Yeah, but I'm dealing with this because what happened to me when I was a kid. The truth will set you free. No matter what it is, the truth, God's word, will, 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 will set you free. It will. But it can't when it's closed. It can't when it's not read. It can't when it's not believed. It can't when it's not made a priority. But it will set you free. I believe we said this in the very beginning. Part of our vision is to reach people. That's our vision. Think of every person that's here, but every seat that's not filled—that's a life that needs to be changed. I would hope you're believing God with me, and not just satisfied to see the people you see every week like a, it's a—it's just a family reunion. It is a family reunion, great, but we ought to have a vision to add more to the family because they are his family and they are his creation and they are the ones loved by him. Sunday Funday has taken over our culture, right? Why can't can't we approach this as this is our Sunday Funday? We get to be together with the saints. Hear God's word, the only life-changing thing in the universe, God's word. Listen, if we don't get a hold of this and make this a priority, as as a church, as a family, God can't send us people when we can't get ourselves straightened out. He won't let us, when we had, when our kids were little, we didn't have other people who didn't know how to change their own diaper watch our kids when they needed their diapers changed, right? Our kids are little, they're one years old, we wanna go to dinner. Well, let's, let's hire another one-year-old to come in and watch them. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? No, I at least want somebody 12, 13 that showed some responsibility and done some things with themselves. What's my point? This this doesn't happen for us. God can't entrust us with more of his babies if we're living like babies. We can't clean up those who need some cleaning in their life if we're still pooping on ourselves. Did he say pooping in church? I did. (laughs) it, It has to happen. It's not gonna happen any other way but getting into God's word. I hope you leave this morning with a little bit a little bit of momentum in your pot. A little bit of stirring. there's some stuff floating up that you can see. like, oh, well, there's some good things in there. You, maybe you've dipped in and tasted a couple good things that have risen to the surface. Don't go home and let it settle. Well Pastor Greg's not stirring my pot anymore. I guess I'll just, I'll just dip off the top, no. Get the dumb spoon. Get the ladle, Dig down deep. It's there. It's there. It's there. Is there and you can find it. Well, we got to stop. Father, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we reverence you today. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Holy Spirit, we're grateful for your help. We're grateful for your direction, your guidance. Father, I'm thankful that you loved us enough to send us your only son, but then also to give us your word, your will your plan, your perspective, but not just words and ideas. You've supplied your power as well to back every part of that, your spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, is backing everything that the scripture tells us, that your words tell us. Father, we're grateful for that. You can agree with me here if this applies to you. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for treating your word as second best or just this commodity that I use when I have a problem or insignificant. Forgive us. We make the determination, the commitment to ourselves and to you to give your word first place in our life. We'll refer to your word before we refer to anything else. We'll put your word first. Yes, we have responsibilities, but we also have an addiction we invite the addicting power of your word to infiltrate our life. We ask you for it, Lord. Your word said, "If we ask anything according to your will, you told us this. If we ask anything according to your will, you hear us, and we know if we know you've heard us, we know we've had the, we have the things you've we've asked of you." For we ask, so we ask you today to give us an, a heart, an addiction, a dependence upon your word, as we're faithful to be doers of what we've heard today. You'll be faithful to supply everything we need. Father, we thank you for it. We're so grateful. We're so so thankful that you have heard us. We thank you for in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus.